going presently through the flying hour. This is Gargsville on Toon Brewer Radio with your host, Gargs Allard. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with Nimai Larson, co-founder, drummer, and half the court duo, along with her sister Tarika Larson, of the Brooklyn-based band Prince Rom, a psych dance avant-garde new age band, which has had two of their nine records peak on the Billboard New Age charts at number three and number six. Nimai has taken a, a hiatus in the town where she grew up, Kingsville, Florida. And tonight, we're going to talk about her cooking project, Nimai's Kitchen, which will be holding plant-based cooking classes in November at the Woolly on North Main Street, entitled, Those Who Saw Tay Together, Stay Together. What does that mean, Nimai? I'm actually riffing off the idea of those who play together, stay together. So it's really just a relationship kind of developing skill, you know, being able to have the confidence to be playful in the kitchen and have fun with cooking so that it's not just a chore, it's something that you can actually invite your friends, you can invite your kids into it, you can invite your you know, spouse into it, significant other into it. To me, cooking is just such a celebration and it kind of breaks my heart to see how intimidated some of my friends and loved ones are in the kitchen. And it just, honestly, it inspires me to be able to, it inspires me to want to share my knowledge in the kitchen with other people so that they can then have that experience of being playful and also see cooking as a celebration like I do. Excellent. So your cooking class is going to be taking place at the Woolly mm-hmm. in downtown Gainesville, which is on 20 North Main Street. And... It's mentioned here Wednesday, November 8th or 15th. Yep. That means you can pick which one you go to? Yep. Okay. And we're making the same dishes at both of them. I see. Oh, it's all vegan, correct? I didn't really advertise that it's going to be vegan, but I'm vegan, so I cook vegan. You know, the reason why I didn't advertise it that way is because I really wanted this cooking class to feel inclusive. You know, I didn't want any kind of... uh, group of people to feel discouraged by my cooking classes and so we just kind of blanket statemented them as being healthy that's a nice little umbrella healthy they're healthy cooking classes and then you know once people get there and love what they're eating it's like surprise hey it's all plant-based but you didn't see that coming (laughs) so could you uh, maybe give some reasons why you feel that being all plant-based isn't exclusive. I think that it isn't exclusive down to our anatomy. Well, I grew up vegetarian, I guess I should say. So this transition into veganism was not hard for me. However, I've also done super a lot of research on this decision. And really right down to our anatomy and the way that our bodies were created originally, we have 26 feet of intestines. I mean, that's a lot. That's like really just, I can't believe that kind of mess is inside of us, like contained in these tiny bodies. 26 feet of intestines. Now, carnivores, like tigers, you know, like mega carnivores, like wild cats and things like that, have three feet of intestines. This is because 
they only eat meat, and the meat will just pass through them really quickly and not, like, gunk up their system. With us, the meat just kind of, like, hangs out and putrefies in our bodies until it can go through the 26 feet of intestines. And, you know, our teeth are not made for carnivorous eating either. If you look at our, if you look at all, like, the, the top teeth and if you compare them to a carnivore, a carnivore, car, carnivorous animal. So anyway, I think just, like, from a very basic primal level, plants, not, I mean, when I say plants, I don't want you to think we're just going to be eating lettuce or anything. Um, I feel like I eat very well, but... What's wrong with lettuce? Hey, ain't nothing wrong with lettuce. <laughs> Let us all love lettuce. But, um, you know, I think that there's a common misconception that vegans just eat rabbit food. And I think that those vegans, I mean, to be quite honest, they're doing it wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I think that it can be something that's really fun. There's, like, a lot of pride that can come with overcoming a challenge, especially in the kitchen. To me, plant-based eating, everyone is capable of it. All humans are capable of it. And that makes it, to me, the most inclusive thing. Now, I, I can only speak for myself. I am not the type of person who wants to hold something over anyone's head. This is just a diet that works for me and my peace of mind and my peace of heart. And I really strive to not be the type of person who will walk into a room and be like, well, but I'm vegan. You know, because that's, that's just not the type of person that I really want to be for anyone in my life. You know, which is another reason why I'm not printing vegan all over the flyer. Uh-huh. I just want this to feel like we're all coming in on the same same wavelength. I've seen some of the photos of some of the creations that you've um, come up with, like, for instance, the, the pumpkin pancakes. And uh, I'm diabetic. I can't really... I probably can't eat it, but it really makes my mouth water to see some of the things that... Uh, just the pictures. May I stop you there? Just to... Just to let you know... That was made completely refined sugar-free. So you probably wouldn't have any kind of, like, issues with those pancakes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start getting interested in cooking? Young. I was young. And the thing is, now, geez, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but I wasn't a huge fan of the way she cooked growing up. Bless her heart, my sister and I were really picky eaters. I think a lot of kids are. And since I've been, I also have been teaching kids to cook, now I really see it firsthand. Kids are picky. They really are. So bless my mom's heart, she was doing her best. But I just kind of felt like I could do it better. And so when I was 10, like 9 or 10, I asked her, like, yo, do you think it'd be cool if I just kind of had a kitchen takeover? And I That's your mother, yo. Yo, yo mom. mom. <laughs> yo, mom, step aside. Like, let me in. And, you know, obviously she was very excited with this idea because cool. cooking is not her passion. I think being a wonderful mom is her passion, but cooking just didn't really come naturally to her. And so she was excited to, you know, kind of be there every step of the way with me. We went grocery shopping together. I, I even remember what we made, what I made. I made smoky guacamole so I use I remember using like dried chili peppers 
smoky guacamole, made my own tortilla chips with tortillas and olive oil and whatever. And then I um, sauteed tofu and melted cheese over it and put slices of tomato on, on top. And then there must have been something else. I don't really remember. Whatever. But those two things I remember from start to finish. You know, the grocery shopping, like strolling the aisles and looking at all the different things. And I mean, it was really inspiring. And still, my favorite, like, home away from home is the grocery store. Really? I love grocery shopping. You know, I love having just like a big coffee or something and just taking my time, taking it all in, getting inspired by new new ingredients or fruits or vegetables. Do you go to various grocery stores or do you just like, you know, narrow it down to one or two? I usually start at Trader Joe's. Okay. I start there because it's cheap and it's smaller and like it's really just like a chill atmosphere. Uh-huh. And they have a lot of the things that I need. If I don't find everything at Trader Joe's, then I'll go to like Ward's, I'll go to Fresh Market or Publix. Fresh Market's a little expensive for me, but I like going in there just for specialty things. And to hear the classical music. Oh my God, and the free <laughs> coffee samples. And yeah, right now the whole store smells like cinnamon spice. It's amazing. Do you go to Earth Fair? I've never been there. It's close to Trader Joe's. It's on Archer. Well, you know... No, it's on 34th and Archer. Oh, right. Old Archer and 34th. Old Archer and 34th. And there's about to be a Whole Foods there, too. They say they're going to bring the prices down because Amazon has taken over. I really hope to God that's true because Whole Whole Foods is more like my whole paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Which I want to be there because I feel like when I'm in a Whole Foods, I feel like... It's the lifestyle, or like this is the person I want to be, uh-huh. like healthy and able to afford all of this stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I do hope that Amazon drove the prices down. <laughs> How will the structure and the length of your cooking classes work? They're listed to start on November eighth and November fifteenth. Well, right now we've only planned for four months worth. Four of months. These- to, you know, it's like a trial run to see how they go. Okay. Um, I also did four months with the kids cooking at Depot Park and then transitioned into um, starting to schedule these adult classes. So the reason for having splitting one class into two classes uh-huh. is because what I have found to be true in teaching is that small groups are able to interact and stay engaged more consistently than large groups. Okay. So, you know, we had worked out the menu, we had worked out the supplies, we had worked out the timing, all for 20 people. But after teaching my last kids cookout at Depot Park, there I had 12 kids in my last class. And while I was trying to teach safe knife skills to a tiny three-year-old kid, there was like <laughs> a brother and sister that were running off and playing tag. And it's like, you know, I need to keep it simple. Like, I, I'm only one person, and I would love to be able to personally guide people through cooking. And I felt that I couldn't do that. I wasn't capable of doing that with 12 kids. The idea behind those who saute together stay together is having five stations of two people each for both classes. So having 10 people at the first class, 10 people at the next class. And it'll be super hands-on because 
the partners or the pairs that are at each workstation will be able to, you know, switch off with the with the chopping, with the prepping, with everything. And so they'll be, I feel like they will most likely be fully engaged the whole class. So somebody can come with a friend or their significant other. Yeah. Or they can come themselves and be paired off with someone. Yeah. Okay. Which I also think is exciting. Uh-huh. You know, whether it be two people who might become friends or two people who might start dating. I mean, who knows? Or maybe they'll never talk again. But I'm excited to offer an opportunity for the local Gainesville community to meet other like-minded people bonding over something healthy and bonding over this shared desire to be able to cook and provide really great healthy food for either just themselves or other people. What is the theme for the first cooking class going to be? The theme is fall harvest from the swamp. We're going to be doing kind of like a Thanksgiving, like all Thanksgiving food. Like gator cabbage or something? (laughs) The idea behind fall harvest from the swamp is that I'm really trying to engage like local farmers and local bakers, local brewery. First Magnitude is doing, First Magnitude Brewery is doing a tasting at my event. So it's all going to be pretty locally sourced. So it really is a harvest from here, from the swamp. So there's going to be alcoholic beverages involved as well? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all available as well as non-alcoholic beverages. Local beer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... The food is going to be, we're going to be making mashed potatoes with pine nut and rosemary gravy, and we're going to make maple roast, maple syrup, maple roasted Brussels sprouts with cranberries, mm. and lastly, a spiced acorn squash butter with biscuits or rolls, or I haven't figured that part out yet, but some kind of bread. It's going to be all very delicious. Sounds like a gastronomical event. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> to the, to the, the infinite degree. <laughs> you were saying how you didn't want anything to be, to sound exclusive. You know, I know I have a lot of non-vegetarian friends, and they'll they'll tell me that sometimes vegetarians come off as being very snobbish. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the way the, way the whole planet's changing, you know, the, um, the earth changes that are going on, you know, the, the weather is... You know, scientifically speaking, it doesn't seem like the planet has a lot longer left if we keep going at this pace. There's been a lot of scientific reports. I know the United Nations put something out over 10 years ago that uh, factory farms is perhaps the greatest cause of CO2 emissions. How do you not come off as being snobbish when at the same time you want to save the planet? I think for me, saving the planet, and I don't mean for this to sound however it might come off, but for me, saving the planet is actually just an an incredible side effect of my becoming vegan. Mm -hmm. I, too, have recently learned about all of that with the environment and the CO2 emissions, and while I feel very proud of my decision being supported by something that, that incredible, but at the same time, I really am just doing it for me. And I don't mean for that to sound selfish, but I think this is why I don't hold it over other people's heads. Uh-huh. Because I'm not trying to convince other people to do what works for me. Mm-hmm. All I can do is, I guess, kind of lead by example. 
Okay. And whether someone finds that attractive or not is not up to me. This lifestyle works for me, and if someone else sees that it's working for me and inquires about it, only then will I really talk about it. Because it's really a principle of attraction rather than promotion. Okay. And I have found to be true with me that when someone is promoting their lifestyle or what works for them to me, I shut down. Uh Uh-huh. Another group of people who stereotypically also hold their lifestyle over other people's heads, CrossFit people, you know, Burning Man people. I mean, you can really just put that statement over a lot of different groups of people who are all convinced that they're right. In my life, I've seen that I've been wrong so many times that all I can control is what's right for me. I can't control what's right for everyone else. So... I feel very happy and very content and very at peace with my decision to only eat things that don't harm animals. You know, and when I learned that even the organic farms, even the organic milk farms, dairy farms, they they also sell their cows to slaughter to the big meat industries I thought I wasn't supporting. And so to me, this is just the cleanest diet I can think of, and it's not to look better. I'm not vegan so I can be skinny or something. I'm not vegan so that I can brag to other people. I really am just doing this for myself. If that's attractive to other people, I'm happy to encourage them. I'm happy to support them. I'm happy to let them in on what I do. But if they're not asking, I'm not going to tell them. because This is my own agenda for my life and what works for me. I don't know what works for everyone else, but I respect everyone else's journey. That's a nice approach. How would you relate you being a musician, you're a drummer, to percussion, uh, to cooking? Ooh, I think they're both really hands-on. I used to joke that, you know, when my hands aren't drumming, they're cooking. And I have a lot of scars and calluses from both. I have so (laughs) many burns and so many calluses on the inside of my hands from drumsticks and I used to always have cuts all over my hands from drumming too. I remember bleeding all over the drum skins a lot. I think that drumming provides a necessary backbone to music. Uh It's the pulse that keeps the rhythm and all the excitement going. Similarly, cooking is this primal need. It's the backbone of our lives. We really need food to be able... We need food as a platform to allow us to do all the exciting... All the exciting activities that we all have going on in our lives. There wouldn't be culture or opinions or vacations if we weren't properly fed. So really, while drumming provides the backbone beat, for music and all the other magic to happen, food provides the backbone necessary for all of our busy lives and all of our busy magic to happen. They're both really important. (laughs) But I'm biased, obviously. (laughs) What is food meant to be? Like, when you're in the kitchen, you're talking about enjoying the process of cooking, and then there's the process of eating. Is there really any different? You know, I know there's some differences, but what, what is actually the driving force behind it all? I think what drives me... The thing is, I could cook and keep it all to myself. That's one thing. And the people who do that are totally fine and validated in that decision. 
But the reason I decide to cook and also make it public, and the reason why I'm driven, I think, to be so enthusiastic about my cooking and sharing it and everything, is really because I want to provide a service. I mean, it's serving me because it's my passion, but Mm -hmm. I want to provide a service to anyone who's interested. It's like, food does not just have to sustain life. Cooking and the food that you have can actually enrich Mm -hmm. and really be a game changer. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where the whole concept of, like, emotional eating comes from. Let's say that you're just having, like, the worst day. You know, you're just feeling real bad about yourself, real bad about everything. You hate the person in front of you because they're going too slow. And you're just angry and all this stuff. And then some song comes on the radio. You know, Shania Twain. Something dumb. Something great and dumb. And it just flips your whole mood around. You know, all the words. All of a sudden, instead of flicking off, the guy is going slow in front of you. You're like jamming along and like doing air guitar. Uh-huh. Songs have Air guitar have, to Shania Twain. Hey, air, yeah, air slide guitar. <laughs> Isn't that what kind of drink? Yeah, you know, slide guitar and maybe tambourine. A song has the power to change your mood. Sure. Similarly, I think that if we're able to surround ourselves with food that does not make us feel sluggish or sick, but instead, if we are able to surround ourselves with food that's exciting, enticing, engaging, delicious, healthy, if we're able to surround ourselves with food like this, it will give us energy. I think it has the power to change the way our bodies feel. Because if going to IHOP and getting like a huge stack of pancakes actually makes you feel like I can barely move. Mm-hmm. That, that I don't know about you guys, but like that actually makes me feel like I kind of deserve a self-beating. And I don't want to give myself reasons to hate myself. I feel like I did that a lot my whole life. With something as important as food, something that we need to survive, something that's is not just going to go away. We, we're never not going to need food. We're always going to need food. Why would I want to give myself three times a day a reason to hate myself? <laughs> I just don't want to do that. And so instead, I want to give myself many reasons three times a day to celebrate a healthy life and celebrate my decisions and celebrate the way my body feels and celebrate what a feast for my eyes food can be, which is why I put a lot of time into presenting the food and plating it. And, you know, I just want to make, we're, we're visual people. I'm a visual person. If something's attractive, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. So if a plate of food is made attractive, I'm going to go for it. I see so many times attraction can be also disguised as something bad for me. Whether it be I'm attracted to the low price or I'm attracted to the visual of what Swiss rolls look like. Because, man, there are so many Swiss rolls in the world. (laughs) They are 50 cents. They look really good in the package. And they are super convenient and easy to eat. So in those three ways, food that's bad for me is very attractive. However, taking a little more time, really allowing... 
I'm really giving myself the space to feel pride if I just take a little more time in food prep. I just take a little more time researching the ingredients. If I stick to the produce aisles, if I stick to the outside perimeter of the grocery store, <laughs> instead of the inside aisles that have all food of convenience that are packed with hidden sugar, if I just take a little more time, I give myself that opportunity to love myself more and to love my decisions and to, you know, really feel like I'm not only contributing to my health, but just bringing it back to why I'm so enthusiastic about sharing it. I really want to be able to, um, I really want to be able to share that kind of pride and that kind of love with everyone else who decides to take my cooking class, follow me on Instagram, read my online cookbook, anything like that. What is the name of your online cookbook? The website is nemylarson.com. It's my name. But um, it's called Nemai's Kitchen. Nemai's Kitchen. That's the whole, that's the umbrella brand of me. Okay. <laughs> it incorporates my classes, public or private, and it includes my cookbook and really anything else I... I'm capable of doing with cooking. Now, it sounds like you really love to cook. Love it. Tim. I'm assuming you love to eat. I do. <laughs> do you love to go out and eat sometimes? I do. I do a lot. I mean, I've... One thing that holds me back is money, but, um, and that's, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. However, I guess because I love cooking so much, that would be my default. But when I go out, and I, you know, especially here in Gainesville, when I've eaten at places like Curia, the top, uh, Civilization, and, and I see the great time and effort they put in to making every dish I've ordered. And, for example, at the top, they've been really accommodating. You know, I took my sister when she was visiting from out of town. We were both on weird diets. I was on the Whole30 diet. She was about to do an, an ayahuasca ceremony in Peru, so she was on, like, a cleansing diet. Okay. They were able to accommodate us. No snobbiness, no questions asked, and everything was delicious and amazing presentation. I mean, it's like, I respect what restaurants do. You know, I have a friend who just opened Afternoon Restaurant here in Gainesville, and I mean, it's called I, Afternoon. It's called Afternoon. Where's that? I think it's near here, actually, near okay. you. Yeah, I don't remember the 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 address. They've been working on it since I moved back here nine okay. months ago. And I ate at one of his restaurants, and Prince Rama played at his venue in Philadelphia years ago. And when we ran into each other again, it was like, "Whoa, you! Whoa, you! <laughs> like, what are you doing here?" And so, I mean, it's exciting to me to visit a place where there's a shared enthusiasm for cooking and serving and being and nurturing other people. I mean, food really brings us all together. Food, like eating is the most inclusive activity I can think of. Everyone has to eat. No one's above eating. No one's too good to eat. Not that I know of anyways. I mean, otherwise you're dead. So no one that I know that's living is too good to eat or above eating, I should say. So you know, I love I love being the recipient of that service mm -hmm. that I also love providing to other people. It's nice to have that kind of reciprocal relationship with food. Is your favorite room in the house the kitchen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
do you have anything else you'd like to add about the cooking classes that are coming up? Just that they're going to be really fun, and I hope hope people don't wait on signing up because it's limited seating. Is it going to be filmed at all? Do you have any aspirations of having your own cooking show? Um, currently, I do not have an aspiration for that. That could change, but right now, I, I'm not really feeling... I have had a lot of people tell me that I have the personality that I should start a YouTube channel. But for whatever reason, that just sounds like a nightmare. I definitely don't want a YouTube channel. <laughs> you don't. I just don't at all. It's not a desire that's on my radar right now. But I'm excited to be utilizing my personality IRL in real life. Sign up for these <laughs> cooking classes. And, you know, the tickets, if you go to the Wooly, you can go to you know, the Wooly's website, my website. That's where you get the tickets. There are links. Well, thank you very much, Nimai. Thank you, Gar, for having me. <laughs> I really enjoyed our conversation. This is your host, Gar Zallard, saying thank you, Nimai Larson, for coming over to Tune Groover Studios in downtown Gainesville today and chatting with us for another edition of Gargsville. Nimai, who is taking a hiatus in Gainesville, where she grew up, is co-founder of the successful art rock dance now-age band Prince Rama, with her sister Tarika Larson. And she talked with us today about a project that's very dear to her heart, Nimai's Kitchen. This November 8th and 15th will be the first classes Nimai will be conducting for her plant-based cooking classes that will make you not only cook and eat preparations that are healthy and delicious, but might get your friends and family calling you a gourmet chef. They'll be held out the Woolly in downtown Gainesville at 20 North Main Street at 6 p.m. Tickets are $35 and available at the Woolies website and nemilarson.com. You can also find the links on tunegroover.com where we have this interview. This is Gargs Allard bidding you adieu for another edition of Gargsville on Toon Groover Radio. But before we go, I'd like to play the opening track from Prince Ron's latest LP. It came out in 2016. It's Bahia on Toon Groover Radio. See ya. Oh, <laughs>